Hello and welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church, highlighting the victories and struggles, the snapshots and stories of the people sitting right next to you on Sunday morning. And if not now, we hope soon, as we have already begun to regather on Sundays, would love to have you there with us. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co-host today is Becky Bebelheimer, our children's ministry pastor. Um... Becky, could you please say or do something funny or interesting? Because I didn't have any ideas for this part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny or interesting. Yeah, do you have I a was, joke? I, was, I don't have a joke. You don't have a go-to joke for kids? Oh, my. I should, but I don't. You know, I My can... son has riddles galore, but oh. I... I, uh, yeah. My son Titus would love riddles. He's all into riddles, but he makes his riddles like impossible to solve because there's always some kind of a... They're always trick questions. So they're always like, you're, you get into a riddle with Titus and it's like, you are going to lose. <laughs> I'll have to connect him with Chris. Yeah. Chris, Chris has a, a boatload. So I'll, I'll add that to my to-do list this week, coming up with a great go-to joke. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, let's see. Was there something else I was going to touch on? Oh, yes. I was. We had a last minute swap. And uh, Kyle was going to be co-host today, and, and there was a last-minute swap for Becky. But uh, I wanted to first thank Kyle for just what he taught on from uh, from Daniel about the importance of prayer, the value of prayer, and that's something that I really need to consider um, because I tend to, I think, out of a desire to to uh, be in the right humble headspace with God, I'll think to myself, you know, well, uh, God is sovereign. I just want to be uh, submissive to his will and what his plans might be. And I think those are good things to affirm. Those are good attitudes to have, but uh, I can do that and neglect uh, remembering that, that my prayers can and do affect change, that he uses the prayers of his people to, to bring about change and to be a catalyst. And so that was just a, a great reminder to me. Something I think that's equally crucial for me to clarify is that um, it's true that in the movies, Captain America's shield is made of vibranium, but in comic <laughs> book lore, just, just lest I lose any geek cred, because Ky, because in the second service, Kyle was like, you know, asking, is, is it made of vibranium? And he kind of looked at me and I just kind of smiled and nodded. And he says, thank you, Peter. <laughs> but I have to clarify, in the comic books, uh, it's, it's commonly been, I mean, he's gone through several shields. He's been through some scraps in his day. And so he, uh, now and then the odd shield will get broken, even though it's made of these indestructible materials, but uh, it's been made of an alloy, a steel vibranium alloy. So not merely vibranium and also something that's been called proto adamantium, which may be that blend of steel and vibranium. I'm not sure, but I don't think they want to drag all that continuity mess into the movie. So they just kept it simple and said vibranium. And that is why I chose to affirm Kyle's uh, question. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was God's word for the moment for me to go mm -hmm. into more. Um, but I, you know, who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's God's word for this moment. I have no idea. Anyway. <laughs> all right. I need to settle that down. Um, I remember when my mom would get after me, need me to settle down when I was younger, she would uh, thwack me with a big old pole segment. <laughs> rmcchurch.org slash podcast is where you go to find the poll question each month. This time around, it was what is your salsa of choice, red or green? 
34 said green. 46 people said red. Uh, let's see. We got some specific comments I'm going to read out here for you. The first one is, oh, dang it. Is it Noemi Ocampo or Nimi Ocampo? Or what do you think? Noemi. Noemi? And is it Ocampo or Ocampo? Uh, I'm going to say Ocampo. I'm going to say Noemi Ocampo. Uh, said, it depends on what I'm eating both. Gray Leesburg said, neither because I am a baby. Tracy Lucero or Lucero? I'm going to say Lucero because that sounds more fun in Italian. Said her favorite is the spiciest one. And uh, Janetta Meister said, well, red, but not whatever is in that picture. I didn't see this picture, so I don't know what we're talking. She says, it looks like ketchup with cilantro sprinkles, puke emoji. Salsa can be chunky or smooth, but it should be more spicy than sweet for my taste. Becky, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, definitely green all really? the way. Yes. It's like no matter who's making it, no matter where you found it, the green is always superior to the red in your Not experience. Not always. Oh, okay. I won't name restaurants, but there is <laughs> there is one in town that I greatly love, but their green salsa leaves much to be desired. Ah, okay. All right. But generally green you can count on. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm going to... I should probably align myself with the green. I, I should probably broaden my my options a little bit. I do typically go with the red, but right now, like any salsa, sounds good. I have been on this like a uh, this weight loss endeavor for the last like year plus, and I think I'm really close to the finish line now. I'm like three quarters of an inch away from where I can say done. And then I'll take away many of the great principles I learned, but there's no way I'm going to plan on staying at exactly, you know, my target waistline. So I am looking for Nando's, Nando's, whatever Nando's has, they, they have the red stuff for sure. I don't know if they have green as well, but I, that's gotta be one of my first stops. When all Surprisingly, this Chili's has good chips and salsa. Really? Okay. I think that's odd. Really? They're, but yes. I think the, I used to, I don't think I ever got their chips and salsa at uh, Chili's. Um, okay, I'll have to give that a try. It's, it's a little surprise. Oh my gosh, so many options that are laid bare before me. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, <laughs> uh, enough of that silliness. Earlier today, well, there'll be a little more silliness. <laughs> Earlier today, um, Becky and I spent some time talking with Adrian Gardner about how she came to faith in Christ and then also her perspective on the realities of COVID-19, specifically as an elementary school teacher. Here is that conversation now. Okay, Adrian, thank you so much <laughs> for being willing to do this, to brave the microphone. Um, so before we get into kind of the, the more like serious topic of the day mm -hmm. and COVID stuff and whatever, um, I hear that you really love shoes, what can you unpack that for me and what's what's going on there? Well, you know, I was thinking about that. And um even as a little girl, there's pictures of me, my hair's done, I'm in a little dress, I'm posing for pictures, and just as I got older, I I've just always loved clothes, shoes, jewelry. Did you like wear your mom's shoes, get were like quick to get into her supply? Um, you know what? I am probably the polar opposite of my mom when it comes to that. Oh, She's okay. about comfort. Okay. I'm more about style. So, oh. And not only that, 
I, I wasn't allowed to play with her shoes. Okay, yeah. Because she didn't want me breaking the arches in them or anything yeah. like that. So I didn't do a lot of that, but I did play a lot of dress up with, with hand-me-down stuff she gave me. Okay. But just as I've gotten older, I love shoes, and um, that's one of my favorite pastimes is shoe shopping. <laughs> is that, now, do you coordinate, like, because I know there's like a whole, there's a whole art and science and, I don't know, methodology, I guess, to shoe selection, but are you thinking about your outfit, about your nails, about, I mean, like, is it coordinated like that on the level? Or are you just like, no, this shoe, regardless of what else I have going on, is awesome, and I feel like this shoe today? Oh, my gosh. He, you're reading my brain. <laughs> yes. yes, I have days like that. Sometimes I build my whole outfit over a pair of shoes that I feel like wearing that day. Nice. And then other days, it's the outfit first and then the shoes. You know, when, when school's in session... I get everything ready over the weekend because I just don't have time during the week. So it's a little different. But if I have a choice, often I go with the shoe first. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think of my shoes? <laughs> they look very comfortable. They, uh... I do own tennis shoes, by the oh, way. Do okay. I don't have all high heels or all one kind. I have a lot of... Uh, Cute tennis shoes. So. Okay, nice. Mine are not so cute. I, they got some holes, and they are due for replacement. Long overdue, actually. But um, okay, so uh, let's talk about um, well, all kinds of stuff. I want to start with just basically when you came to faith in Jesus for the first time. What what kind of stage or season of life were you in, and, and how did that come about? I was a little girl. I don't ever remember not going to church. Mm -hmm. um, my parent, even if my parents didn't go, and this was back in the day when you could just drop your kids off to Sunday school and then come back and pick them up. Oh, and when I was real, we can't small, wait, Becky. We can't do that. Not, not today. <laughs> oh, no. okay, all right. <laughs> so it started with that, but um, I can remember being early, early elementary. We always went to church. My parents were very involved in church, um, and I was baptized at the age of eight. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's been my whole life. I've, I've gone to church literally my, almost my entire life. Yeah, me too. It's like, it's like uh, you learn these truths about who Jesus is right along, it seems like, with ABC and 123, mm -hmm. right? That, that was kind of your mm -hmm. experience? Yeah, in fact, you know, being, being little, you think your experience is everybody's experience. Yeah. So as I grew up, it's like, well, what do you mean you don't go to church? Everybody yeah. goes to church, yeah. You know, because that was just part of my life. You know, I can't imagine it being any other way. You know, I'm I'm very thankful my parents did that for me, because you know, left on their own, most kids aren't going to go to church. Um, so I'm glad they planted those seeds when I was young. Even when I was in college, I faithfully I found a church and I went faithfully yeah. all throughout even college when most kids could care less about church. Yeah. I was still going. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I want parents Doesn't to hear. Doesn't mean I was a perfect child, but I did go to church and, you know. Those habits that you start early with kids, with your mm -hmm. kids, make a big impact. It does. It really does. And you avoid so many problems in life that uh, so really much more naturally find their way into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a time maybe in like my late teens, early twenties, where you would, 
I'd start hearing how other people came to Jesus and I'm like, man, I do not have a story that's like all flashy like that, you know? Um, but what I really began to appreciate first, when I heard another believer kind of talk about it, their, their attitude was like, you know, I, I would think that way a time or two, but then I would have to catch myself and say, how dare I think that, you know, what, what I had is not amazing because of all the the blessings that I experienced from being in that kind of home that was led by the words of Jesus and the truth of scripture and all the the pitfalls, um, all the additional pitfalls, because I've stumbled into plenty and continue to, but I think about so, so many of the ones that like, man, I'm so, I, I would have just so gone right for that hole in the ground, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Not to be overlooked. Um, so how long have you been, you're, you're a teacher. Are you a teacher for like what, Mesa Public Schools? Uh, yes. Okay. I, this is my, I want to say seventh year with Mesa. Okay. But it's my 32nd year total. Okay. So I've been teaching since 1989. Okay. And like, what are you teaching now? I teach sixth grade. Okay. Has that been consistent throughout? No, I started, uh, when I first started teaching, um, I was a fourth grade teacher for a long time. Um, I did a fourth, fifth combo. I've taught fifth grade. I've done, I worked at a charter school where I did fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. Okay. Um, went back to fifth grade and then have now settled in sixth grade. This is, I think, my third year in sixth grade. Okay. I love sixth grade. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What a lot a- of people are like, you teach sixth grade? Yes, I teach sixth grade. <laughs> I love these kids. <laughs> That's like when they're at their highest energy before they turn rotten, right? <laughs> well, Isn't that... it's funny because they're starting to explore teenagery yeah. things. Yeah. So I've really come face to face with things that I didn't think I would have to talk to a child about. It's tested, you know, me being able to talk to a child about something that's maybe against my beliefs mm. and finding that middle ground because every kid needs to feel welcome in my classroom. Does not matter. Yeah. They're, they're welcome in my classroom. I'm going to teach them the same. Yeah. But, you know, they, they bring outside troubles with them sometimes. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just a fact of life. You know, there's no perfect family out there. And these kids are starting to, to go through a lot and they're hit with a lot mm. at a much younger age than I ever remember mm. being hit with. But they, they, it is a fun age. I do really like mm. them. Now, I was uh, raised by two Mace Public Schools music teachers, elementary school music teachers. And so I have some appreciation for just kind of some of the difficulty that happens behind the scenes, the, the work that you take home, either tangibly or emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but what I, my parents did not go through was this COVID-19 quarantine stuff that we've been going through now for months. So tell me about what that has been like to navigate that, to adjust to the different changes that have been asked of you. Well, well we were basically thrust into this online world that now I'm having to do everything that I've done in person. And now somehow I have to do the same thing through a computer screen. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden I I've learned more about technology in the last 6 months than I have learned in the last 30 years combined. I'll bet. So, it's been really really interesting. We've kind of found our way and luckily there have been a lot of great companies out there that have made things accessible to teachers and that Without those, I don't know how I would do this. I I keep thinking, what if this had happened like the fifth year I taught? Mm. 
back in the early 90s when I was still using a chalkboard. There is no way. There's no way. Yeah. There would just be no school. I don't know how we would have done it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, do I, I hate COVID-19 and what it's done to us. But at the same time, I don't think it's an accident it happened now versus 25 years ago when mm. we couldn't have done this. You know, so it, you know, it's, I'm trying to find the blessings in it. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you like uh, tech savvy before this or do you consider yourself as kind of a tech savvy person? I was fairly tech savvy. I was very comfortable using a computer. I used it every day at work anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just trying to deliver content through a computer screen to, to students who may or may not want to listen to you on the other side of that screen. Yeah. You know, students who can flip that camera off, mm-hmm. you know, and I know for a fact they walk away. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. <laughs> and it's like, well, I can't control that. Yeah. All I can do is work to the best of my ability, let parents know if there's a problem, yeah. and just keep going, you mm. know, and, and that's kind of what, we, what we've had to do. Yeah. Well, man, hearing that it was difficult for you and you already started out as someone comfortable using a computer, that just makes me think about some teachers, uh, maybe that were getting closer to retirement that are just have just not had any real reason or motivation to spend much time learning how to be comfortable with the ins and outs of a computer and, and what they have been faced with. I mean, like, it just sounds exhausting enough listening to what you're describing, you know? I mean, Well, I will tell you, um, and I know people exactly like that who are not real computer savvy. Um, and it's not necessarily because they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's with anything in life. Some people are really good. Some people are okay. Some people just don't get it. Yeah, You know, and it's the same way with teachers with different facets of what we do. And it's been really hard for some teachers, but, but I will tell you, I, I've heard so many teachers just say, you know, especially when we were getting ready to start, because we never dreamed we would still be doing this remotely oh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. When this when we went down in March, we thought, okay, we'll get through this, get through the summer, we'll be back to business. And guess what? We weren't. Yeah. And so many people sharing the other night, I just sat down and had a meltdown. I just find mm. I just had to cry it out. I, I've never heard so many adults talk about crying and meltdowns in my life <laughs> oh, as man. I've heard wow. in the last couple of months. Mm. I think we've all gotten over that. But it was it was very daunting coming back still to a remote setting. Hmm. Now, how do you, as a believer, as you're navigating this, how do you feel like God has maybe met you in, in some of the circumstances that you've had to adjust to or adapt to? Well, it's funny you ask me that because I have an, like a concrete example of this. Friday, um, I had gone in to talk to one of my teammates and my principal walked in and was sharing, you know, just some things with us. And she said, you know what? She said, I am choosing to remain positive. This was on the heels of the rant I was having to my teammate just a few (laughs) minutes before. And I went, okay, I hear you, God. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was so perfectly timed. Mm. So I know I am where I need to be with people around me that, you know, I have an administrator that instead of being upset and discouraged is being encouraging to us. Mm. And I know that's a lot of that, you know, that's just God speaking to us, speaking to me, because I needed to hear that because it made me go, whoa, 
and just take a step back and go, okay, if she's going to see the positive in this, I think I need to do the same thing. Mm. Because it is so easy to go down that negative path and to, to complain and to be upset. And, and granted, we need times to vent. Yeah. But beyond that, it should stop. Mm, yeah. Okay, I vented, I've had my say. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And she was a cold, stark reminder of that. And, mm. it was, and it was funny because that just happened on Friday. Yeah. That's like just a, a reminder to me to just be tuned in to the fact that God is able and ready to use anybody in any situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that wise mentor in your life. It doesn't have to be the pastor or whatever. Like he can use, you know, just a, a coworker, not necessarily a believer. He can use some stinker that you normally don't get along with at all to, <laughs> say, to say something in the moment that you just need to hear. So that's cool that you were tuned in and able to kind of pick up on that. Right. Um, so how, from your perspective, can, can we consider praying for uh, teachers and students right now? Well, we are about to enter another transition phase tomorrow, going to the, the modified in-person learning. It's a hybrid model where the kids are in the classroom part of the time, remote part of the time, and then we have a segment of our students who are only remote. And so we're still, it, you know, and it's going to be like this for a while. We, we don't know how long. Mm-hmm. That's been the hardest thing with COVID. Everything is a giant question mark. Yeah. You know, and parents ask, well, what about this? What about, you know what I know. Yeah. I, I'm lucky to know a day ahead of you, if that. Yeah. Sometimes we find out when you find out. Yeah. You know, we get all the same robocalls. But, um, you know, just managing yet another transition, giving grace to each other, mm. teachers, to the students and the families, because every family is a different situation. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that. Yeah. You know, that, it, that's that been a huge learning curve, at least for me, you know, just extending that grace. Okay, you didn't get it done on time. Okay, let's work through and figure out how you can get it done kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, because teachers were used to deadlines. Yeah. You know, we need this by this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of just gone away, <laughs> you know, in, in a sense of the word. And for teachers, I know for me personally, just physically going back, I've been sitting a lot for the last six months. Mm. And last week, I spent most of the week up around in my classroom, headaches, my back hurting, oh. my feet hurting, because my body has not been physically moving like it's used to during the school year. Yeah, And so we are going to be mentally exhausted. We are going to be physically exhausted, mm. you know, and, and just being able to work through that. And um, the kids are going to have to work through that. You yeah. know, they're more active than we are, but they're still not out doing what they would normally be doing. Yeah. So there, there's a, a lot of that, that that we need prayer for. But I think the big thing is just, you know, the grace between us. Mm. Parents towards us, because we're still doing things we've never had to do before. Mm-hmm. And us towards each family situation, you know, when things aren't going the way we think they should go. Yeah. Yeah. Becky, did you have anything you would like to touch on? Uh, yeah, I know that, you know, I I've heard some parents... Um, on both sides, those are who have been positive and those who have had some frustrations. And if you could just give advice to parents, what 
what would be the biggest thing you would say, hey, I'd, I'd like you to consider this or think about this and just encourage them to that positivity that you were talking about? Well, you know, the one thing I would like them to know is that we are trying. <laughs> we are trying to meet the needs of all these kids. It's hard to do in person. It's much harder to do through a computer screen. Mm. Um, so, so that's one thing is we are trying. We do have their, their students' best interests at heart. You know, we're not in education because we don't care. We do care. And, you know, I would also encourage them to please reach out to us. Um, often, and, and it's fine, often parents will just go straight to the principal. But if they come to us, 99.9% .9 of the time, we can work out the issue with them. We can either um, do something a different way or it can be modified. There's lots of solutions. And this, teachers are often great thinkers outside the box anyway. We've really gotten good at that. <laughs> so that that's something else that they could... Uh, consider. But, you know, one of the things we do ask for is just patience and grace. And I try to thank every parent who has a complaint and just say, I thank you for your patience. We are working mm. through this. What an awesome response. I just, I mean, just to welcome that input, even maybe sometimes when it's not coming in the most friendly or kind <laughs> Way. Yeah. Well, and we do get it. We do get it because we have our own frustrations with, with everything that's going on. And most of us are parents. Now, granted, my children are grown, but I had small kids once. I can't imagine what it's like if I'm a working parent. I've got three kids trying to work on computers do, with three different teachers. If they're at my school, if they're in sixth grade, they have three teachers themselves. If you've got a junior high or a high schooler, they have multiple teachers. I don't even know how they're doing it. You know, I, I don't. So I get it. I get the frustration. And, and I just want them to understand we do understand the frustrations. We, we do. Yeah. We do. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for having this chat with us. I mean, I think just speaking personally as a parent, um, even though I... I I come to this situation with sympathy and appreciation for teachers because of my own parents. Um, I still am on the other side of that screen with my boys and not really seeing or hearing or interacting with the teachers. And so just to be able to sit down with a teacher and, and kind of hear some of what you are going through and what your colleagues are going through is, uh, I think, really helpful. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you for inviting me. And it, it's, it's nice to, you know, talk a little bit about it because not everybody knows what we're doing behind the scenes. I might have a smile for your children, but I may have just gotten chewed out in an email by somebody too, who was unhappy with, with something, you know, I said, or yeah. I did, or didn't do, or, you know, but we show up with a smile anyway, because the bottom line is it's, it's the kids that matter. Mm. And I like to think of teachers and parents as a team. We have to be a team to do what's best for all the kids. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thank you. That was probably one of our shorter uh, interviews, but uh, there was a lot in there that I think is really worth thinking about. I'm, what um, would maybe be one thing that, that jumped out to you, Becky? 
I think the teamwork aspect, that's how I always felt as an educator. I wanted to partner with parents for the best of their children. Mm -hmm. Parents know their children the best and so have all of this wealth of background information, culture, all of these things that are so informative in helping a teacher to be successful. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad to hear that partnership piece. And I, especially in these days where it seems like people are so easily divided over so many issues. I think that is such a great call to us as believers to come alongside and to even hear Adrian talk about the frustrations Mm. that she's facing, kind of the uh, meltdowns that maybe she and some other of her co- um, laborers in the education field have felt. It's good to to hear that they're struggling as well. And Mm. yeah. For me, I think on a very similar note, or almost kind of like perfectly segueing from that, is uh, how she was talking about how every family is a different situation. And just uh, I just heard in her sharing um, an interest in trying to consider what other people are experiencing and, uh, and to get outside of, you know, our own bubbles. And because it's so easy for me to be very self-centered, very self-focused on my little world, my little story in which I am the hero and all these people that are creating obstacles for me are the villains, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's really important for me to make sure that, that I am not becoming the villain in someone else's story, mm. you know, and, and from their perspective, mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm not an obstacle to them mm-hmm. or a problem in their life, you know, but to consider what maybe I don't know about their situation that, uh, that, that is, is worth giving, uh, consideration to, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, really, really good stuff there. And that is it. For this episode of Living Stones, you can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook and go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to participate in our podcast question. Leave feedback for us or leave a question for our next guest on our next episode. She's not here, so I'm not going to get any help. We're going to be talking to TBD again, who's going to share about blank. Again, you can go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to submit your question for TBD, and you may just hear it read on the next episode. In the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. And I'm Becky Bebelheimer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday. Is that your ringer? Yeah. That's awesome. Next generation. And um, it's really loud because I don't hear very well out of one ear. And it makes me jump. Have you watched any of uh, Star Trek Picard? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, you liking it? I do like it a yeah. lot. The only one I couldn't get into was uh, Enterprise. Same with me. I've And it's it's out there. And I thought, maybe I should give it another try. I tried. And I just... I couldn't get into that one. All the rest of them. Yeah. All the movies. Yeah. 
The old, I mean, because the old series came out, I think, the year I was born. Okay. So when I was a little girl, yeah. I was marrying Captain Kirk. Oh, nice. You know, he was <laughs> going to be my husband. You know, green lady, get out of my way. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> but no, I'm a huge uh, science fiction nerd. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge dork, so. I saw your thing you did years ago. In the gym. Oh, it Spirit was that, Blade, that the, uh, the audio drama thing. Yeah, did. yeah, yeah. That was, oh my gosh. I was like, this is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I remember you. watching that. That was my life for about 10 years to finish out that whole trilogy and get it, really? get it done. Yeah, yeah. yeah and no, other I stuff too. But, that. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, Enterprise. I wanted to like that too. I thought they had such a chance to go in a different direction and do something kind of fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And it felt... A little bit like rinse and repeat of what had been it done before. It was a little stodgy, I thought. Yeah, yeah. For people that were just getting, supposed to be the first ones getting out there, mm-hmm. it still felt very buttoned up. Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you, have you ever seen Farscape? Oh my gosh. I, yes, yes. That is my favorite yes. television show of all time. Because I, I had to show. finagle watching that. My kids were young enough. That some of the those characters, some of the imagery in oh, it sure. was a little frightening. For sure, and yeah. So I kind of had to finagle when I watched that around yeah. my children because yeah. they were pretty young at the time. It's like, yeah, I don't need them having oh, yeah. nightmares of the what? What was the one? The white face, the black. Oh, Scorpius. Uh, Scorpius. Oh, yeah. He he in and of himself was scary looking. And yeah, I yeah. thought that's gonna scare my children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, that was one of my very favorite <sighs> sci-fi shows. Boy. We're going to get along. Yes. Just so good. The other one way up there for me is Eureka. Did you watch oh, Eureka? You know, I, I think I watched a little bit of that, and then we were done with the sci-fi channel, so I, I didn't keep continue watching. But that's like that town of scientists or whatever. Uh-huh. That like, okay, cool. It's on Amazon Prime. I'll bet I've oh, watched it? that through five, six, seven times, oh, wow. if not more. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's just... <laughs> I like it because it's humorous, too. Oh, sure, it's yeah. It's cool, but it's funny. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Because I like to laugh. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> I, I don't, I think. I know I must people not. who don't. <laughs> I must not, because I, I don't think things are funny that other people think are funny.